Welcome to Bad Gamers Anonymous, a weekly podcast made by gamers for gamers. We discuss retro gaming and issues that gamers care about. We also review indie games and popular titles. Here are your hosts, Bad Gamer Bishop, Bad Gamer Garrick, and Bad Gamer Crowley. Wait, do these idiots not know what anonymous means? Get good scrubs. Hello and welcome to Bad Gamers Anonymous. I'm your host, Garrick, and I'm taking over the show. That's right, I'm the front leader now. I'm joined this week, as I am every week, by the illustrious, the senile Crowley. Hey, I'm here. I'm old. I hate everyone. It's good to be back. You're sounding a little funny, Crowley. Are you okay? You're getting sick or something? Oh yeah, I'm coming down with a cold. <clears throat> <clears throat> so my my throat is a little bit scratchy, but I'm I'm good for the show. Let's do this. So Crowley, let's get right into it. What have we been playing this week? You go ahead and start off. Well, I'm old, so I haven't really had time to be playing anything. Um, I'm a pretty bad gamer in that regard. Alrighty, <laughs> thanks. Um, well, I've been playing the new God of War and Yakuza Six. But I guess we'll get into that later on. For now, let's begin the show with some gaming news. Oh, great. News. Just what I always want to hear. First up on the docket, Call of Duty Black Ops 4 may not have a campaign mode according to some sources close to Polygon. Instead, the game will focus on multiplayer and zombies modes. (laughs) What? (laughs) What is this? Trash! Call of Duty needs to just go away. Stupid millennials ruining good games. You know, this would mark the first Call of Duty game. Do not have a campaign. (laughs) What even? Well, in addition to that, it may also have a Battle Royale mode, according to sources close at Kotaku. Of course it would! (laughs) Of course! Ah! Why wouldn't it? (laughs) Oh, what's next? Next, we have an update for Monster Hunter World. Uh, more Monster Hunter? Isn't this game done already? It will never be done, Crowley. I love this game too much. The update adds Kolv Teroth? Kolvi Teroth? Kolv... Something, the treasure dragon. You don't even know how to pronounce the name. Why are we even talking? So what's the deal with the treasure dragon, and why should I care? It's uh, it's kind of cool. It's a big old siege. It's 16-man, so to say, raid. You have four parties of four fighting this giant, I guess, dragon made out of gold. Are they just out of ideas? I think they have a lot of monsters in the works. This is just the next one. They're trying to get people hyped up for additional content, for new monsters, and I, for one, am excited to see a bigger group activity than just four people so that we can hop in with even more of our friends who are playing this if any of our friends are still playing this and uh have a good time with them but whatever it's got a new area new weapons new armor new everything fashioned after the treasure dragon itself so a lot of the armor and weapons are going to have this gold sheen to them so you can look like a baller that you are Ugh, God, so you can be gaudy and covered in gold? Nah, I prefer my bone armor, thank you very much. And that update is live now, so if you're still playing Monster Hunter, go and hop on and let us know how it is. 
Oh god, when is this game going to be done? Well, I'll tell you which game will never be done, because it's always in the news. Fortnite makes $25 million on iOS. Really? Are we really talking about Fortnite again? Yep, really, it's always in the news, Crowley. That makes it the second most revenue on the device behind Netflix. Surpassed Hulu, past Candy Crush, past Tinder. It's kind of impressive for being invite-only for the first two weeks of its launch last month. Of course it was invite-only. This game, uh, when will it just go away? Fortnite sucks. God, it sucks. Speaking of sucking, Shenmue 1 and 2 gets re-released. It's in the works, coming up ahead of the Shenmue 3 launch. Did you ever play Shenmue, Crowley? No, and I don't care. Yeah, I never played the original 1 and 2 either. I know they're on PS2, I think. Just never got into them. There are better games like them now. Yakuza, Persona being some of them. Where I don't know why they thought it was a good idea to re-release 1 and 2, and we don't even have a release date for 3 yet. Wasn't Shenmue 3 some kind of kick-started thing from like 3 years ago? Yeah, 2 or 3 years ago, I don't remember when, but it was during Sony's E3 conference when they announced it, and asked for a Kickstarter backing for it. They needed like $7 million or something. And it became hugely successful, but we still haven't seen the results of that. We don't even have an idea of when we'll see the results of that. So we'll just still be waiting. Meanwhile, Yakuza's better. I bet Yakuza sucks too. You're just saying that because you're a dweeb. I am a dweeb and proud of it. Now for our next story, this would normally be really good news, but just leave it to this company to screw things up. Because a new Castlevania game has been announced by Konami. Castlevania Grimoire of Shadow is coming out on, wait for it, for mobile. What the hell, Konami? Alright, now this, this actually upsets me, being an old man and all, such as I am. I was a young adult when Castlevania first came out. In fact, I still have fond memories of the PlayStation 1 Symphony of the Night. One of my favorite games on the original PlayStation. Wow, Crowley. I honestly wasn't expecting you to really like Castlevania. I was expecting you more to like kind of rail on this game as well. But good to know that you uh, respect the classics. I'm a little taken aback. I'm not always a grumpy old man, although it's rare when I'm not. Well, true words have never been spoken. Next story on the docket. Dark Souls Remastered gets delayed on Switch. Blah, Switch news, who plays this? Go and buy a PS4, you Nintendo fanboys with an I and an and a Z, because I'm old and I don't know how to spell things correctly. Anyways, still coming to PS4, Xbox One, PC on May 25th, but we're getting a very ambiguous summer time frame for the Nintendo Switch. And that's it for news, so let's just get right on into the good stuff. First up, I'm just gonna take over a little bit and completely talk about my Yakuza 6 experience so far. You feel free. While you're doing that, I'm gonna go yell at some kids on my lawn. I saw them digging around with their beady little eyes. Hey! Hey! Get off my lawn! Okay, while he's doing that, 
This, I guess, would be considered my review, although, full disclosure, I haven't actually beaten the game yet. It's fantastic so far. I've probably put 15-20 hours into the game, and I absolutely love the story. Being a new father, this game really speaks to me. Basically, the premise is you are this Yakuza leader who just recently got out of jail. Your adopted daughter kind of person is missing. She's been missing for about four years now. You go back to your orphanage that you own and run, I guess, and you you see the kids again, and they're like, hey, where's Haruka? She's not with you? We, we thought she would be with you. She left four years ago to go be with you so she could talk with you. What do you mean you've never heard from her? And so you go on this mission to try to find out what happened to Haruka. So you go back to where you, you had your Yakuza roots. You get reacquainted with some of your old people, your old friends, and you're trying to find out what happened to some of these other friends that you can't seem to find. And so you're on a mission to track down these people so you can have them as resources and try to find out where your daughter Haruka went. Meanwhile, there's apparently a war getting started from your old Yakuza gang and the new Chinese triads that are trying to muscle their way in. And you may or may not be getting pulled into this, I have yet to see exactly if I'm getting pulled into it. But eventually you find out, and this is no spoilers because you've seen it in all the trailers for the game, your daughter Haruka was in a car accident, and she's in a coma. You're trying to find out exactly what happened, and it's discovered that she also had a little baby boy with her at the time. You don't know who this baby boy is, where he came from, who his father is, and so you're trying to go on this big, epic adventure, trying to find out who this boy's father is, why Haruka was in all these other different places, and exactly who, like, what importance that they have, because you think there's some bigger conspiracy going on. So that's just a quick synopsis of the game. There's actually a free demo uh, that you can download on PlayStation right now and experience the first hour or so of the game. It actually will carry over your save progress into the main game if you decide to get it. Or, you know, check it out on Netflix or wait for a used copy to pop up somewhere. But I cannot stress enough how Japanese this game is. It is totes Japanese. Just extremely Japanese. <laughs> I try to liken this game to Grand Theft Auto if Grand Theft Auto was made by a whole bunch of Japanese people. You're not running around in cars, so they can't call it Grand Theft Auto because most of the people in Japan either use the subway station or bicycles. So you are, for the most part, just on foot. There is a fast travel system. It's a taxi service. So you'll, you'll find taxis kind of scattered around the map and you'll take them to different locations. There are a ton of mini-games in this game. Ton of mini-games. There is a bunch of old Sega classic games in here, like Virtua Fighter, Puyo Puyo, which is a lot like Tetris. There are some older adventure games. There's, like, side-scrolling shooter games. There is a spear-fishing mini-game. My favorite mini-game, however, is Karaoke. It is a legit rhythm game. Button presses galore. It is like playing Guitar Hero with a controller. It is fantastic. There's a ton of songs. There's global leaderboards. I absolutely love the attention they've done to it. And the greatest part about it is when you are on a hot streak. 
the game will actually change scenes, and it will kind of put the hero Kiryu into the protagonist's shoes in the song. And so there's one that he's talking about his love or something, and he is all of a sudden in the seaside, and he's wearing this, you know, fancy, like, Hawaiian gear, and he's strumming the guitar, and he's there's all these background people that are singing alongside him as backup singers. It is hilarious, and honestly a little distracting from the actual playing the song game, but I loved it, and I keep playing it just for moments like that. You can also do backup things where you're just playing like tambourines and things and shouting backup lyrics and kind of like mimicking or echoing the lead singer. So a little easier mode there as well. But in regards to the main gameplay for this, it plays mostly like a brawler. You're going around, it's big open world. I say big open world, it's not that big, but you have these big open maps. And there's these random like punks and gangs that are walking around that you can do, you know, brawls with. And the brawling combat is fantastic. Although it's not as good as previous iterations, I've felt. You're really only in Kiryu's dragon stance. You don't have his faster stance or his wrestling stance like you do in some of the older games. So you can't switch on the fly to adjust to different combatants. But as you're brawling and as you're punching people, you have grab commands, you have quick attacks, you have strong attacks, and you can unlock combos later on as well. You actually have the ability to go into like super powered up mode, which I think is called dragon stance or something like that, where you're actually dealing a lot more damage, hits against you don't stun you, and if there's any inanimate objects around, like bicycles or cones, traffic cones, you can actually automatically grab them and just start beating the living crap out of these Yakuza guys that are trying to pick a fight with you. Wear down your enemies enough, and there's actually special finishing moves using these items that you can utilize. My favorite is probably when he takes a bicycle, slams someone in the face, they're on the ground, and then you actually body slam them with the bicycle and it just breaks into a billion pieces on top of them. But there are other environmental finishing moves as well. You can unlock certain ones. There's one if you start a brawl in a convenience store. You can actually take them, slam them into the microwave, and cook their head off, which is brutal. Really brutal if you think about it. And throughout this journey, you're actually taking care of this small one-year-old child as well while you're trying to beat up bad guys and save your child. What I love is if you're walking around with your kid in your arms and you come across these random gang members, you'll actually find the closest person and hand him your baby. And I could not stop myself every time it happened. Just scream, hold my baby, which probably cracked me up more than it should have. Now, there's a lot of side activities to do. There's a lot of side missions and little quests you can do. There's actually a guy that will run up to you halfway through and install a smartphone app on your phone. And it's basically like a, a blog or forum post for people who are having problems around the city. And these are just random events. And then you go and you kind of help them out. I've stopped arsonists. I've stopped purse snatchers. And it's kind of cool seeing the, the message replies back and be like, oh, this guy was really an arsonist. Thanks for taking them out. Or, oh, we stopped the crime scene. Thanks. And it felt like as Kiryu, 
I was giving back to the community and kind of making amends for being a Yakuza before. One of my favorite side missions was when I took on the role of a mascot for this little seaside town. And as Kiryu, I'm just this big Yakuza guy in this adorable outfit for a mascot that has a ramen bowl on his head and who has a little like seashell backpack and wears rubber boots because it's a seaside town with a bunch of fishermen and I feel lame as all get out. But then all these kids come up to me and they're like, oh my god, you're the mascot, do the thing, do the thing! And then you have to do a kind of a TV series or a TV interview after that and during the interview, these gang members come up and are like, hey, you guys can't be on our turf. What do you think you're doing with some lame mascot? And so you actually pick a fight with them and you beat the crap out of them dressed as this adorable looking mascot. And it was hilarious. And then the kids idolized me even more and I turned the mascot idea into the superhero, the hero of this town, protecting the small kids everywhere. I just thought it was cute and fun and really enjoyable and a little bit of a change of pace from some of the darker tones that are actually in this game. One other mission I came across is actually a an allude to Freaky Friday, where these two young high school teens actually fall down the stairs and bump into each other and swap bodies. And I haven't finished that quest yet, but the start of it was absolutely hilarious and I can't wait to see more. But there's a bunch of ridiculous scenarios like that just scattered in as side missions that are completely separate from the very serious main storyline. And as you advance through the storyline and do all these missions, you unlock experience points. And it divvies up the experience points between, I think, like five or six different categories, including luck and strength and vitality and dexterity. And you have upgrade, not trees, but charts more like, upgrade charts that each require a certain amount of certain types of experience. So you may need a skill that is going to help you increase your experience gain per fight, but it requires 80 luck and 20 strength in order to get that skill. And another way to earn those experience points is through eating food. As you are progressing through the game, as time is just moving forward, your character gets hungry. And so you can stop at all these stores, and the food looks delicious. I really, really wish I had a Japanese shop nearby where I live. But these foods can have different effects on you, either increasing your experience gains or healing you up, or will help give you more experience in a certain category. So when I go to these food stops, I'll look specifically for foods that have the skill points that I need to level up a certain skill. It gets pretty, pretty in-depth the more it goes. But that's about it for the systems and the gameplay. I think if you're a fan of Japan, you absolutely need to play this game, because it is just a slice of life in Japan, albeit a slice of life of Yakuza life. Or if you're a fan of just silly stuff, or open world games, or cool side missions, or really fun brawling type experiences, I would also highly recommend this game. Like I said, I haven't beaten it yet. I can't wait to beat it. I actually bought the collector's edition for the game, which came with two whiskey glasses, whiskey cubes, and coasters in addition to the game, which is just freaking cool. But if I had to give this game a review score right now, I'd probably say... I don't know, something like an 8.5 out of 10. Ooh, one more thing. There's cat cafes in this game. And I'm not talking girls dressed up in cat outfits or anything. It's a literal cafe you can go and get coffee and enjoy the company of cats. Apparently that's a thing in Japan. 
and the owner of the cafe tasks you with finding him more cats, in particular strays. He wants to help out stray cats. And so if you find cats roaming around the cities, you can just befriend them, feed them a little bit until they get acquainted to humans, and then call up this guy, and he's like, oh, great, you found another one. I'll be right over and pick up the cat. And the further out you go in different cities as you go through the story, he'll be like, oh, cool, you found another cat? I'll be right over. Wait, what? You're in, you're in Hiroshima? What are you doing in there? Man, you're really committed to getting these cats. Okay, I'll, um... I'll take the next train over, I guess. But I just wanted to point that out because I thought that was really fun side missions. So yeah, that does it for my Yakuza 6 review. If you like Japanese things or weird things or I guess cats, definitely check it out. Give it a try. The Yakuza Kiwami 2 is coming out later on this year, which is a remake of the second Yakuza game way back on PS2. But if you want to try out Yakuza, I think this is a good one to get started in. If you like it, there's also Yakuza 0, which is a complete prequel story to the Yakuza series, as well as Yakuza Kiwami on PS4, which is a complete remake of the very first Yakuza game. Alright, I'm back. What did I miss? You sound a little winded there, Crowley. You, you okay there, buddy? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just... <sighs> Kids are fast, you know? Man, you millennials. Well, I guess I'm glad you uh, got some exercise in today. <laughs> good good for your heart, I hear them say. And you're just in time for me to talk about some God of War. That's right. It's time for the God of War review. That's right. We're getting right into it, diving into our thoughts on God of War. So, Crowley, how much have you gotten into God of War? I'm going to be completely honest here and just come right out and say it. I did not play this game. What? That's right. I'm a bad gamer. Everyone should judge me. Not like I care. But I have zero interest in this game. Well, I judge you. I judge you, sir. For this game is a masterpiece. Right now, it's it's got a 95 Metacritic score. It's the second highest rated game on PS4 behind Grand Theft Auto, for some reason, on Metacritic. Whatever, I don't care. Fine, so for this God of War review from Bad Gamers Anonymous, it will be brought to you by Garrick's Gregarious Games. Hi, I'm Garrick, and I like games. What the hell was that? That's my, uh, that's my theme song. It's just doing a, a theme Don't ever... Do that again. Uh, what? I'm not allowed to have a theme song for Garrick's Gregarious Games? No. No, you're not. Know your place. Don't ever do that again. Fine. Whatever. Anyways, God of War is some masterpiece theater level of production quality. It's cinematic. It's gorgeous. The combat is fluid. The story, riveting. And it's still video gamey as hell. Let's break it down. Graphics. Now, I'm playing on a PlayStation 4 Pro. I am on a 4K TV. 
I'm running the game in what's called performance mode, which is kind of the enhanced graphical fidelity mode. It's not focusing entirely on resolution. It's not focusing entirely on frame rate, so I get a nice steady 60 frames. I'm, I'm more rocking 30 frames or so. What the performance mode does is it prioritizes this game looking good as hell with a beautiful palette of rich colors, deep shadows, gorgeous lighting effects, and no pop-ins from any of the graphics. No, no texture pop-ins, nothing, nothing out in the horizon that is just dropping in. Speaking of Horizon, is this game prettier than Horizon Zero Dawn? I would say that it is not as pretty as Horizon. Ha! I knew it! I knew it! Horizon Zero Dawn is the best game ever. Not as pretty as Horizon Zero Dawn, but it's pretty darn close. I'm gonna say this is the second best looking game on PlayStation. Second best rated game, second best looking game. I'm noticing a lot of seconds in this. God of War must not be all it's cracked out to be. It's still really good. It may not be the best, but it's it's right there. It's It's the next best thing. Come on, man. What helps make the graphics especially jaw-dropping is how the game is just... It's done in one long, continuous cinematic shot. There are no cuts. There's no cutscene. There's no back and forth. It's not cutting between faces and faces. There's no obvious loading screens. Unless you die, and then the, there's the loading screen. Instead, the camera, during gameplay, just pans to focus in on what the game devs want you to focus in on. If they don't want you to see... Um, I was about to say Crowley's face. Yeah, you're lucky you can't see my face. Friggin' millennial. They don't want you to see Kratos' face. You won't see it. It'll focus on Atreus, or it'll focus on the surrounding area, or it'll focus on the enemy. But you get exactly the feeling, the emotion, the depth that the devs want you to feel. And I absolutely love that. Sounds pretty lame to me. I'm glad I didn't play this game. Too busy playing Horizon Zero Dawn. For the 13th time and Final Fantasy 15 mobile because it's fantastic and I love that game and I circle jerk Final Fantasy all day and all night long. Mm. Janina Gavankar. What does Janina have to do with any of you just brought her name up for no reason. Yeah, but I was thinking about her. That's the reason. You're always thinking about Janina, aren't you? No, maybe. Anyways, one thing Janina is good at. Is combat and so is this game now this wouldn't be a god of war game without amazing combat first off it's time for confession i did not like any of the previous god of war games not a one i thought kratos was super one-dimensional i thought that the story was lackluster at best however i always felt that the combat was superb and they've outdone themselves in this new game the combat feels so good hacking at guys with my axe throwing it freezing a rushing enemy in his tracks turning around pummeling another baddie behind me with my fists stunning him and ripping his torso in half it's visceral it's smooth it's intuitive and it's some of the most gratifying combat i have ever had in any video game better than horizon zero dawn Absolutely better. <laughs> Whatever. Horizon Zero Dawn's the greatest, you know it. Uh, I could go on and on and on 
and on about the combat in this game, but too much talking about it would spoil it. So I'm just going to focus in on Kratos' axe. In particular, how good it feels when you throw it. You can just throw it, you press triangle, call the axe back to you like Thor's hammer, and the controller, the vibrations, they get it just right. It feels like I'm catching the axe, the cinematic of it all, the vibration, the thud, as Kratos catches it in his hand. I have never felt so much gratification in using a weapon in any other game. I probably spent a good 10-15 minutes or so just tossing the axe around and retrieving it, watching it twirl away out of sight, watching it ricochet off walls, watching it lodge itself in trees, and then summoning it back. Oh, that's so good! Why don't you and the axe get a room? Maybe we will, Crowley. Maybe we will. Ew. Moving on! The sound and the music. Without rambling on too much, it's it's absolutely phenomenal. Some of the greatest music score of any video game, any movie even. It's subdued enough to act as a score to a film. It's intense enough to really feel the heat in the middle of boss fights. There are epic drums, soft choirs, tons of Scandinavian influences. You get brassy reminders of Kratos' past, just big epic music. The music is in perfect harmony, pardon the pun, with the actual game. Props to the composer, Bear McReary. If you're so interested in the music, you can listen to the soundtrack on Spotify. I highly recommend it. Even if you're not going to play the game, just just take a minute and chill and relax and listen to the music. Next up, story. Now, no review would be complete without talking about a game's story, as we did in Far Cry as we did in all the other games. As I mentioned previously, I've never been a fan of the previous entries of God of War. It always seemed like Kratos was just a one-note character. He was always angry, kind of like Crowley. Hey, I'm not always angry. I liked Kingdom Come Deliverance. And I agree. You've got a bit more depth than Kratos. Thank you. But not by much. Meh, I'll take it. All that said, this Kratos is the real deal. He's finally got a personality. Finally. He's got layers to his anger. He uses it much like Bruce Banner uses the Hulk. He's angry all the time, but just keeps it below the surface. This time around, you're invested in his character, and especially his relationship with his son. You see his struggle in him as he wants to hold and comfort his son, but he can't bring himself to do it. You see his son's rage as it begins to boil within him as certain events unfold. You see Kratos' fear that his own rage doesn't take over his son's life like it did his own. Their journey is truly, in every sense of the word, it is an epic. And I would highly urge everyone who owns a PS4 to play this game. This is now in my top three must-play games on PlayStation 4. Probably in my top three must-play games of all time. All right, Garrick, so what would you rate it? Now, hold on. I'm not done yet. One last thing I want to talk about is all the RPG mechanics in it. I love RPGs. I love side quests. I love skill trees. I love loot. And this game has all that. And I was not expecting any of that whatsoever. So I am super duper happy to see that there are a lot of upgrade mechanics in this game. 
You can buy and craft new armor. You can level up the armor. You can socket the armor with jewels that you can find. You can level up the jewels that you find. You can upgrade your axe's pommel. You can upgrade your axe's ruins. You can upgrade your axe period. You, you can upgrade all your skills. Um, not only do you have skill trees, but then you can go in and, and make your skills even stronger. You can customize your son, Atreus. You can customize his armor and his bow and his skills. And it felt in the beginning like it was a little bit overwhelming and then once it you know after a couple hours unlocked each part and was like oh you can do this thing too and oh you can do this thing too then I just felt extremely in it it was very intuitive I didn't have any troubles with it the menus were extremely easy to navigate after a couple hours finagling around I love this game so much can't recommend it enough and so Crowley to answer your question I give this game a perfect 10 out of 10. Wow, 10. Still not as good as Horizon Zero Dawn. Whatever, I think it's better. Come join us on our Discord. Like and follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Leave us a rating. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Get the latest updates on the show. And join us again next week as we discuss what's new in video games. But one more thing before we go. I was Crowley the whole time! <laughs>